This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Ergel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who were the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. Welcome to the Mother's Day edition, where we pay tribute to moms. Today, we have four coaches' kids who will share their admiration, some advice from living this exact life, and of course, some pretty fun stories about their moms. Well, and maybe dads too. You'll hear from the coaching families from the University of Texas, Georgia, Tulane, and we start with Kansas. I'm joined by Smacker Miles, daughter of Les Miles, head football coach for the University of Kansas. Now, this is Mother's Day. Well, Mother's Day special week. I'm sure there are many attributes of Kathy Miles that you admire, but what do you admire the most about your mom? It's very common to moms, but just how loving and selfless she is. Her selflessness has made our whole family possible, and so that's really important to me. Now, I want you to fill in the blank. I accomplished blank because of my mom. Everything. There's nothing that was accomplished without her. And even the parts where my dad was helping with something, it was still kind of facilitated by my mom and her being the go-between person. So she got me to every practice and watched every practice and talked to my dad about every practice of my swimming career. And then all through college, we joke that she's running a marathon of parenting. <laughs> and then yes, yes. Since I went to college, she was like, we're going to be friends now, Smack. Like, my marathon's done. You know, it's fine. You're on your own. And then, that, and then like, halfway through college, I was like, Mom, you're still running that marathon, aren't you? <laughs> she's like, yeah, you're right. And then now I'm about, I'm 25. And she's like, yeah, I guess this is just an ultra marathon now, Smack. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, Mom, you're going for it. This is going to be a hundred miler. <laughs> Do you talk to your mom every day? Yes. Oh, of course. I talk to her multiple times a day. I can't live without talking to my mom constantly. <laughs> I don't want to ever. That's right. Now let's talk about you. Tell me some of the universities and cities you grew up in. I was born in Ann Arbor, Michigan. My dad was coaching at Michigan at the time. And then when I was nine months old, so I don't remember Michigan, but nine months old, we went to Stillwater, Oklahoma, where Oklahoma State is. And some of my first memories are there. That was really fun. We left when I was four, after my fourth birthday, and went to Dallas. And he was the tight ends coach at Dallas Cowboys. And that's when we were a family of three by that point. So he had my little brother in Stillwater. And then after that is when he got his first head coaching job. That was at Oklahoma State. And I was seven years old at that point. So I still a little bit vague memories, but I Mm -hmm. do remember that move. And then we were in Oklahoma State from when I was seven years old till 10. And then that's when we moved to Baton Rouge. I said when I was 10 and we we were told that we were moving to Baton Rouge, I told people that I was moving to LSU because I didn't know that (laughs) Baton Rouge was the place where LSU was, not (laughs) where we were moving. And then now at Kansas, I went away to the University of Texas for college. I swam at Texas. And that was really fun. And I also went away to a swimming boarding school in high school. And that was in Jacksonville, Florida. So I've kind of been all over. But a lot of my moves were very young. And we were 12 years at LSU. So for a coach's kid, that was a long, long time. And I'm very grateful for that. So do you feel like when somebody says, hey, where are you from? Do you name a city or do you just kind of explain in short? Or do you ever have to explain because your last name is Miles and everyone already knows? 
<laughs> I do still explain. I never assume that anyone knows me or knows my family. And I do say I'm from Baton Rouge. And that is one of the things in the coaching world that I just said that I'm, I'm so grateful that we were there that long. And it's kind of been brought to my attention by several other coaches, kids who are some of my best friends because they don't have one place that they say they're from. And there's a lot to be said for that too. But I just recognize that that is a little bit rare in the coaching profession. So the idea that I identify with a place the way I do is really important to me. And then I also am very proud of the fact that I'm a little bit well-traveled and do have my coaches' kids' moves to my name. Definitely. What's the biggest adversity when it comes to mine that you faced growing up as a coach's kid and, you know, how your mom took that obstacle and helped you make it into something that made you stronger? My mom did a great job and I would say she was a little bit more preventative than even helping us overcome the obstacle after it happened. It's another one where I'm very grateful as a coach's kid because we were pretty sheltered and my mom knew not to turn on the radio and not to turn on the local news. I do have one story. We were new to Baton Rouge. So I was 10 and one of the local news guys said, we'll find out this time next week if the Miles family should be packing their bags. Mm. And we saw him the next week at PF Chang when I was 10. And so forgive me, but I said, mom, I hope he chokes on his lettuce wraps. <laughs> and my mom, they still, they call him lettuce wraps to this day. And he turned out to be a wonderful, wonderful man. And we really like him. And so my dad told him the story at one point. I mean, we gave it a couple of years, but he eventually learned that we do call him lettuce wraps in the Miles family. And, and she still used that as a lesson to teach me to be forgiving and to have compassion and understand that people are just doing their job. So mm. there are still times where I feel like a line is crossed. And mm -hmm. to me, those are like very obvious because when it's not just, you know, doing your job or having an opinion and it's actually attacking someone, there's definitely a line there. But overall, I would say that we have been pretty blessed and I was pretty sheltered when I was young, young. Were you able to share those experiences? I know you went to, I guess, journalism school, right? At University of Texas and you're in mm -hmm. your classes. Were you ever able to kind of share with others going, hey, there there is a line you can cross, you know, with a new group of journalists coming out there. Did you ever talk to anyone about your experiences and how hard it can be to be on the other side? Yes, definitely. And I think that perspective makes me feel like I can be good at the job I want to do because I understand that there's a family and there's kids. And realistically, the coaches don't even hear what you say about them. It's their wives and their families that have time for social media because the coaches don't. But I think growing up, a lot of people have asked me kind of just like, why do you even want to get into media? Because in their minds, they feel like I was raised in a house where the media was the enemy. But my dad was always really respectful of knowing that they had a job to do. And he never really entertained it too much himself. He didn't really care that much what they said. He cared more about the players and what was going on inside the building than what was going on outside of it. So a lot of female journalists were admired in my family and my dad was always happy to help them and felt like especially female journalists like definitely had a place in football. So I think it's kind of fitting for me now to understand both sides and I'm always going to go easy on a coach because I'm, I have a heart for that. And I also, 
I think the biggest thing I'm proud of knowing is that I don't know. And I think a lot of times in journals and people act like they know things that they don't actually know. And I think it's okay to say, you know, I'm not sure about that play call, but there could have been something that I missed at practice this week. That is the reason that that coach had that play call or the reason the coach did this or that, or the reason the kid was moved to a different position could have been because of an injury that's not out. So I think understanding that I, that you don't know everything when you're on the outside is really important. I love your perspective. I think you're spot on with what you just said about your dad. I was Thank a sports you. reporter on the other side of things at the ABC affiliate mm-hmm. Baton Rouge and Fox in New Orleans. And uh, but on the other side, when he's completely professional and uplifting to, you know, women in sports, very neat experience for me and my family and fellow coworkers. Okay. So what mm-hmm. ways was your mom, the glue of your family, when your dad worked so many hours? She did it all. And my dad tried, but in a coach's family, there has to be a mom that's doing everything. So she, I mean, literally every single thing. So she starts and she's so selfless. She gets up as soon as he gets up and she'll make him a gourmet breakfast, no matter how early it is, if he's going to their morning runs at five o'clock in the morning, she still does it. And then she gets us to school because usually he's already at work by then. And then the full day, but I think one thing that stands out in my childhood is the number of times that we were tired and we didn't necessarily want to go to the building at that moment right after practice when we were sweaty or had our soccer cleats still on. But if my dad had requested that we come up there, that meant that mom was going to bring us. And a lot of times she would even bring dinner. And a lot of our great memories, they'll talk like people will talk about like, oh, at a family dinner at this time, or we went to this restaurant. It's like, well, I'm cooked and we went to dad's office, but those are still great memories. And those are moments that you can't make up for. And like how everyone says that it's the, it's the ordinary moments that make an extraordinary life. And I think that that's been a lot of us as a family. It's not that we did anything that was extravagant all the time. And it's not nearly as exciting on the day to day to be a mile because people probably make it out to be sometimes, (laughs) but those ordinary moments are really important. And my mom is great at reporting to my dad. If you tell mom something, dad could call you about it within five minutes if it's important enough. (laughs) And she's great at supporting him and supporting us and supporting the relationship between him and us. I love the fact that your mom gets up. This is convicting me right now. She gets up and cooks everybody (laughs) breakfast in the morning that early. Wow. Yes, Please don't. I know. Let's hope Coach Ergel does not hear this podcast right now. I joke with her because I remember when I was little and she had like four little ones that my dad, he was like a raisin bran for breakfast guy, like raisin bran and coffee. And then it just transformed over the years. Now it's like a full on egg white omelet, all these veggies in it, side of fresh cut fruit, side of potatoes. I'm like, mom, like what's going on? <laughs> he does not deserve you right now. It's cute. She's a great wife. She's a great one. Oh, she's so admirable. I love it. What are some <laughs> other ways you've seen her make, um, a big difference, play a big role in the success of your dad's career. I mean, your dad's one of the greatest college football coaches, you know, out there. I mean, it's just in history. I mean, he's, he's a winner, a national champion. I mean, and she's played a role in that. What, from your eyes, from your perspective, how do you see that role being played? She's a huge part of that. And no one in our family would not acknowledge that fully. She does everything from recruiting to going to away games with him. She packs everything for him. She's kind of the at-home secretary, and it's crazy to say that, but 
there's so much going on for him and so many phone calls and emails that he has to respond to. And a lot of times she'll be helping on the side at home or late at night or getting his bags ready for early in the morning. So she does it all. And really more and more over the years, because now our youngest is 15. So now she has a little bit more time than when she did when we were all like, when it was four of us at a young age, but she does a great job of helping him any way she can and making sure and recruiting that the moms that are going to send their kids to that college Mm -hmm. know that she's a mom too. And they relate really well to her and she's so down to earth and genuine And that's what it is. It's genuine. She wants to get to know their sons and she wants to get to know their family because they're going to be a part of our family. And it really is an extended family. I look back and another thing I think about is the number of people that I think of as family now that were actually an equipment manager or one of the GAs or a secretary that watched me grow up. And there were times, like I said, I went away to high school and college. So sometimes I'd come in for a quick trip and I wouldn't get to see my friends, but I would go to the office to see dad, which meant I I saw all those kind of extended family members. Mm -hmm. So back in it and knowing how much we miss those support staff people in the two years that dad wasn't coaching, it just makes me appreciate them and want to get to know everyone even more. Now, as a mother, a coach's wife, most of my listeners are coaches, wives and moms. And we Mm -hmm. worry sometimes, you know. What to focus on, you know, what Mm -hmm. you feel like you're kind of doing it all, but you're trying to figure out what to key in on when Mm you feel like sometimes you're raising your kids on your own in a strange city. Mm -hmm. There's no family around. Usually you, sometimes you're in a glass house. What few things Mm -hmm. stood out to you above all the rest that your mom really focused on? I think making it seem normal because I hear you know, you hear the horror stories about coaches' families or dad missed this or that, and it it makes it sound like a sob story. And there are definitely times where it is sad that the dad can't be around as much as they would like to be. But that said, my mom never made it like she was a victim or any of us kids were victims. It was more that we got to look forward and be optimistic for those times where we were all going to be together. And she got to include my dad in a way that, once again, she made it seem normal. Is it normal to get picked up from practice at 7 p.m. and go to dad's office to sit there until he gets out of a meeting to then eat with him for 10 minutes for him to then sprint off to the next meeting? No. Mm -hmm. But for us, it wasn't weird. And she always took the opportunity to make it seem like having each other was all we needed. And it's definitely obvious in all of our relationships with each other. Just already today, I've talked to four of five family members and Snapchatted Macy. So I'm up the entirety for the day and it's one o'clock. And it's just, I think we learned that we we weren't going to be victims and we weren't going to let the job or the profession or the lifestyle make us a victim. And I think when you, like anything, if you think positive, it's going to be more positive. And thankfully for my parents, we were all athletes. So I think that made it a little more streamlined as far as like right. discussing things and making life work. But I think just being ourselves and dad was involved when he could. And I do, I have to say with my dad, my mom facilitated it fully and definitely has given like play-by-play. She should be a play-by-play person for the number of times she's done it on the phone. (laughs) But my dad would literally drive across the state 
or across town, even if he was going to get to the last at-bat or the last quarter or the last event in swimming, it didn't matter. And sometimes him showing up, even if he had missed it, even if he was trying to get to the the last at-bat and got there after the hit or the strikeout, it's still in our minds, we knew what he had been through all day and we knew that he still showed up. And that was so important. And a lot of our favorite kind of family stories are well dad got to the last event and he drove an hour and a half to get there and then smack heard him on the block before she dove in she didn't even see him but she knew he was there and those kind of things become more special so if you don't make yourself a victim and then you get to have those special moments then it kind of becomes a positive outcome wow powerful words <laughs> I love Thank this. You. I love this. Okay, best Mother's Day gift you've given your mom. Manny is going to win hands down because he graduates from North Carolina on Mother's Day. And he is probably the, I would say, least academically inclined Miles family child. So this is just the most fitting thing ever that he is going to get that degree. And my mom is going to be there on Mother's Day. Yeah, he wins. Okay. If my mom ever had a day off, she would? That's a great one because that doesn't happen. So I'm going to have to ponder it. I would say she loves basketball. She would definitely watch some hoops. She would go get, I think probably she'd do Mexican and a non-alcoholic pina colada. That's one of her things. And she would just spend time with the fam. She would want all the kids there for her day off. Even her day off, she would want everyone around. That describes her right there. Her (laughs) family around. She's so genuine. Okay. But you got to tell on your mom a little bit. My mom should probably throw away what? She keeps pots and pans for a long time until (laughs) she has coupons to get the next pots and pans. So I would say, you know, we could get rid of some of that kitchen, kitchenware that we don't need. (laughs) I love the fact that she has coupons. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Simple Kathy and homegirl. That's what we call her. And those are very endearing terms that we call her to her face that she like genuinely likes because they're so descriptive. And it's a little bit more than mom or mama. It's it's homegirl or simple Kathy. They both big on the coupons. Coupons is excellent. Okay. What makes your mom laugh the hardest? We laugh at her mispronouncing everything. Like instead of saying Caroline, she'll say Caroline. And instead of saying documentary she'll say documentary and so we we laugh about that but I think a lot of my dad's mannerisms make my mom laugh so she'll, sometimes she'll call me and the point of the call will be something funny that my dad did so I think overall things that my dad does around the house and things that my dad does in the real world that like don't have to do with football that he's just a little bit of a fish out of water and it makes great humor do y'all all laugh? It's so, he's hilarious. Oh, yes. You, oh my gosh. No doubt. We went to a store one time and they were asking like for a phone number, you know, like at a retail store, they'll ask for your phone number to have yeah. your like receipt attached. And he like, so innocently, he was like, kind of like looked around and thought for a second. He's like seven. And like the person behind the <laughs> counter was just like, oh my God gosh this guy so it's things like that that like get us with my dad just like what like how do you not know that but he just spends so much time at work that he doesn't my mom always says when I was little she would say early bird gets the worm that was her thing which had to do really just with hard work 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It does. It's paid off. Thank you, Spacker, yeah. for sharing your stories and insight. Of your course. mom is one of the most genuine people I've ever met in my life. Happy Mother's yes. Day, Kathy Miles. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I'm joined by Sydney Fedora, daughter of Larry Fedora from the University of Texas. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm sure there are many attributes of Christy Fedora that you admire, but what do you admire the most about your mom? I would have to say her availability. She constantly has a million things going on. We have, it's myself and three siblings, so it's like a lot, but she always answers the phone when any of us call, which we do a lot. We like don't give her much of a break, but I think she enjoys it. It's fun. I want you to fill in the blank. I accomplished blank because of my mom. I accomplished self-sufficiency because of my mom. Since my dad wasn't home much, my mom did everything around the house, even the stuff that she didn't necessarily know how to do. But from that, I learned that if you try hard enough, you can usually figure it out. My college roommates joked that I was our handyman and not (laughs) because I was particularly good at any of that, but I could usually somehow make it work. Now let's talk about you. Tell me some of the universities and cities you grew up in. I was born in Waco, Texas. My dad was at Baylor. Um, my brother was also born there. He's older than me. And then we moved to the Air Force in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And one of my sisters was born there. And then we moved to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And my dad was at Middle Tennessee State University. And my other sister was born there. And then we moved to Gainesville, Florida um, at UF. And we got a dog, no more kids. Mm-hmm. And then moved to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and he was at OSU. And then his first head coaching job was at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And then from there to Chapel Hill, North Carolina. But I never made the move to Chapel Hill because I went to school in Austin, Texas at the University of Texas. Wow. So many moves. <laughs> A, lot. A neat childhood. But then... I think it would also be a little bit hard, you know, to grow up in so many different areas and, and try to adjust to different cultures. What do you think was the hardest part of growing up as a coach's kid? I think the hardest part was the move itself. I wouldn't say that like being in the new places was as hard, but definitely like leaving your friends behind that you've made was challenging. Having my siblings and my family in general was super helpful because it was, that was the one constant, you know, you were going to a new place that was completely new and new people, new school, but you were like guaranteed to have these three built-in friends. And then your parents, mine were luckily awesome as well. How did your mom take some obstacles in this childhood and help you make it into something that made you stronger? She put a lot of focus into the fact that we had one another. Maybe everything else we had was going to be new, but she would like remind us that we had all been through it before together and we were going to be fine. We're going to do it again. And we didn't really have a choice. (laughs) Not in a bad way, but like, this is just how our lives were. And I think she kind of made us realize that like, it wasn't a bad thing, you know, like this was just our life and it was a good thing and it was fun and exciting. And she kind of like would instantly like get us into new sports teams and new things when we had arrived in the new town so that we like instantly had a place could easily make friends like honestly looking like I don't even I didn't really she was doing it at the time but like I would show up and I would start school or I would start at a new gymnastics gym literally the next day Mm. which I'm sure she had a million other things to be focused on at the time but she made those little efforts that like really made us feel like we already had our place which was awesome. 
that's a lot of wisdom there because she's going behind the scenes and calling around and finding the best places and the credible places and then making sure y'all had a place to fit in. I mean, that's a lot of sacrifice of her time. That's incredible. She also, she put in a lot of effort to helping us maintain our friendships from places that we have lived all over the country. So whether it was putting us on a flight to go see our friends in Oklahoma, which I did for many years. And that friend, even though I really only lived there for middle school, she'll still be in my wedding. What ways do you think your mom was the glue of your family when your dad worked so many hours? She literally did everything for us from when we woke up and he was already at work until like we went to bed and he was still at work. Um, I don't know how she managed to have us all in different places at different times, but she somehow made it work. She also figured out the perfect balance between being a mom and a friend, which I think we all really needed through the transitions and things like that. What ways would you say that your mom has helped your dad's career? So at first, my mom worked, I think, four jobs when my dad was a GA and through his first job at Baylor, I believe. Um, And that was when she had my brother and myself. So that had to have been insane to balance. I can't even imagine. And then just throughout his whole life, I think, and throughout the entire career, I think just being a constant and being his number one supporter in every single way. And then also like bringing him back down to earth, like telling him like it is, keeping it funny, keeping everything just really lighthearted. She's honestly one of the funniest people I've ever met. And so that's like probably her top skill is just making people laugh in the midst of the worst. You wrote an article, I think it was about a year ago, called The Life of a Coaching Family. I was moved to tears when I I think I've read it multiple times. Tell me about that. What led to the article and what was the response after you wrote the article? That was fun to write. So one of, um, there was a writer when my dad was at UNC who our family had gotten to know pretty well. And he reached out to me and asked if I would be a part of this series for his website under the headset. And he did a profile on my mom and then my parents together. And then an article written from my perspective or kind of the perspective of me and my siblings. I tried to like include us all in there because we went through it all together, you know? Mm. Um, but I had a lot of fun writing it. It was probably one of the easiest things I ever wrote because it was just writing how our lives had been. And again, to us, it's not that weird. Very special. You talked about the first thing, being a coach's kid is really fun. And some of the things you mentioned were getting to jump on a trampoline with guys that end up in the NFL when you, you know, you, your parents would have them over to eat and things like that. You met TV personalities, musicians, Christmas, you spent Christmas in bowl games, but they were in Hawaii and Las Vegas. But there's a picture on here I love of you and your dad on Sports Center. You got to hang on to that memory, pretty pretty neat. And then you talked about the cons, like you mentioned, and you credit your mom. I love this. That a lot of times it's easy to talk about the dads because the dads, you know, he's the famous one in the family. But you right. did credit your mom in here that it meant overtime for her, and that's what coaches' wives right. kind of feel like. Uh, she went above and beyond. And you said you've always been right about that. She is our rock. Would you call her a rock in your family? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think I said like his his sacrifice, because he definitely did sacrifice a lot too, which I think is important to know. Like, I mean, he didn't necessarily want to miss out on all the things that he missed out on with us. Um, but his sacrifice meant her overtime. She like had to double do everything. And it's funny because it's kind of like being a single married 
woman. They're a single married mom, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're doing everything that a single mom is probably doing, but you also have a husband. They are like super special and they're some of my best friends and they're so funny and so much fun. And I hope our family group chat never dies because it's my favorite thing on my phone. If you could give advice for mothers out there, there's a lot of them that listen to my podcast. Most of them are coaches, (laughs) wives, and moms. Uh, I know that you're not there yet, but you're exactly who I want to talk to. I mean, to be honest, I get nervous about raising children in this, you know, I mean, am I doing a good job and, and how was this move affecting them and do they feel secure and all that? What kind of advice would you give to moms out there who are raising their kids? Some, they feel like they're raising them on their own in a way. They're in a strange city. They don't really have their family around most of the time. And they're kind of living in a glass house. Was there a few things that just stood out to you above all the rest? Yeah, I would say don't stress the small stuff. Throughout all of the craziness, I don't really ever remember my mom being super uptight. I don't know if it was because it was four against one and it was a battle she'd probably never win or what, but (laughs) she just kind of like let things go with the flow and look, we're all still alive. We're doing fine. And then also for your kids, this life is probably all they know. Like my mom grew up in the same house her whole life in Dallas. And I think sometimes she probably worries about us too much because it was so different than her childhood. But to us, we didn't know any different. And honestly, we wouldn't change it if we had the choice. Mm, That's really, really good. Okay, I have fast five questions for you. Ready? Best Mother's Day gift you have ever given your mom? This year, we are doing a trip to Austin so that we can all be back together. So that'll be fun. If your mom ever had a day off, she would? Definitely be at the beach. (laughs) She have a favorite (laughs) beach? Uh, Destin, Florida. She's there right now, actually. Nice. (laughs) Very good. Okay. My mom should throw away what? Okay. A few weeks ago, we Marie Kondo'd her closet, so she doesn't have much left to throw away. (laughs) But we got rid of most of it. (laughs) What makes your mom laugh? Our family. Honestly, we're hilarious when we're all together. My mom always says. So growing up, she always said we weren't allowed to marry a football coach, but I think she's gotten over that now. (laughs) (laughs) That was her one advice. She was like, you won't marry a football coach. And now we're like, watch, just wait. (laughs) That's awesome. I just really appreciate you sharing your stories and insight. Uh, It's been an honor to have you on our program. Yeah, thank you. I had a blast. And happy Mother's Day to Christy Fedora. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. We love you. We're so lucky to have you. I'm joined by Riley Crean, son of Tom Crean, head basketball coach for the University of Georgia. I'm sure there are many attributes of Joni Crean that you admire, but if you could narrow it down, Riley, what do you think you admire the most about your mom? Well, first off, thanks for having me on this. I'm really excited to do this. What comes to my mind with my mom is her loving and caring type of way and personality that she has towards us, but then also she has a real competitive side to her that we see come out, whether it's a a board game or a game of rummy cube or as ridiculous as it sounds, how much our dog, who our dog loves more, which uh, with her, she uh, (laughs) brags that our dog is all for my mom. But yeah, she's loving, she's caring, she does everything she can for us. But at the end of the day, she has a real competitive spirit to her that I think she gets from her family. 
She really does. I could tell that my uh, podcast that I just had with her, just amazing woman. I admire her tremendously. I think it was so much fun because I could tell that side of her and I thought, wow, she'd be so much fun to hang out with for sure. Yeah, she would be. <laughs> I want you to fill in the blank. I accomplished blank because of my mom. I accomplished my teenage years because of my mom. I, I just turned 20 and I think I wasn't like a stereotypical rebellious teenager or anything, but you know, teenage years, there's ups and downs, especially with playing sports and school and those types of things. But I think my mom's kind of guiding hand and a calming voice or whatever, when there's tough times, I think that she really helped me get through some not easy days and stuff like that. But yeah, let's go back and talk about some of that. The universities you guys were at, places you grew up in, were you able to spend high school all in one spot, that kind of thing. So take me through life. So I was raised in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. My dad coached in Marquette. I lived there for nine years and then we moved to Bloomington, Indiana when he got the job at Indiana University. We moved to Florida in our little gap year between his coaching jobs and now we live there for a year and now we live in uh, Athens, Georgia, where he's a coach at University of Georgia. And I was committed. I played baseball. I'm a freshman at the University of Georgia and I was committed to play at Indiana. And then when we left Indiana, I took a gap year and I went to a prep school in Florida called IMG. And now I'm pitching at the University of Georgia, and I'm just finished up my freshman year. That's absolutely incredible. I know that with coaching, there's ups and downs, and we all face it. What do you think was the biggest adversity you faced growing up as a coach's kid? I know your dad obviously had a role in helping you through things, but since it's the Mother's Day special, we get to brag on the moms. So how did your mom take that obstacle and help? you make it into something that made you stronger. For me, personally, growing up, I was in uh, my teenage years. I was a, I played basketball and I don't know, we kind of lived kind of in a fishbowl type where there was a lot of eyes on me playing with my name. I was kind of known as like the coach's kid or Tom Crean's son. I got this feeling that people thought I was supposed to be pretty good and I was okay player, but I wasn't a great basketball player. There were eyes on me and I was kind of insecure about that at first, but I think my mom, She kind of gave me the idea that the only opinions that matter are those of your family and your closest friends. And I think I took those lessons, you know, when it got tough towards the end there at Indiana that, you know, the outside criticism or outside noise, that doesn't really matter as much. The only thing that matters is what your family thinks of you, what they say to you, you know, your closest friends, coaches at times that you're close with. Those are the real voices that you should be worried about and not outsiders that really don't know what's going on in their life. What was was your mom the glue of your family when your dad had to work so many hours? Whether it's my travel sports, getting in the car in early mornings. My dad, he did when he had time he would do it, but you know, he didn't always have time. So with my mom, we would get up early in the morning, travel the games. There's a lot of great memories. She definitely was always there for us and supportive in whatever my sisters and I were doing. How rewarding is it right now to see your dad have so much success? He's locking in some amazing recruits. I think probably the best in school history. It's got to be rewarding to sit there and watch that. Yeah, it definitely is because I see the hours he puts in and his staff puts in. And, and with the recruiting thing, you know, that that's my mom and my dad. You know, there's recruiting dinners that my mom's at and 
she's talking to the mom of the recruit and they're both definitely invested in it and have put time in it. And I think, I think it's, it's going to pay off. What are some ways you've seen your mom play a big role in the success of your dad's career? Your dad's a highly successful basketball coach, but I, you know, no one gets there alone. What do you think your mom's done to help that? I think they both complement each other really well. I think my mom has kind of an even keeled approach because during a season, there's a lot of ups and downs, but they're both role models and how they've dealt with ups and downs and they never get too high or they never get too low. And they kind of have that even keeled approach, which I've admired and I've, I've learned a lot being able to see that on a daily basis. If you could give advice for mothers out there, I know it's kind of funny to be, you know, a college student and going, I'm going to give advice to women out there, but I'm going to tell you, like as a coach's wife right now, some things we think about are our children. Probably the number one thing we think about is how is this entire life impacting my children? You know, this is their Mm -hmm. normal. Like most of us coaches' wives didn't grow up as coaches' kids. And so we're like, I hope this is, we're creating a secure environment. I hope they feel loved. And even though we have to move a lot or we don't get to raise our kids around family, that, you know, what do we focus on? So if you're able to share um, kind of the experiences you had, because you can really speak to it, you did live this life. I think everyone, they're in different situations or, stuff like that. But I think with my mom, I think three things come to my head. She was always supportive of what I was doing. She understood kind of things that I might be going through, whether it's someone saying something at school after a loss or, you know, stuff like that. And then she was caring. She was always willing to get up in the morning and, you know, take me to games or school or pick me up from practice at nine at night and cook me dinner after, you know. So I think those three things really come to my head. And I think she Every time it was, are you having fun with it? You know, are you enjoying it? Are you enjoying your friends? Are you making friends? She really just wanted me to have fun and not put too much pressure on me with sports because, you know, there might be pressure from the outside that she didn't want to add on to. She did a great job of taking that pressure off and putting a lot of sacrifice, a lot of time, her own time to make you guys successful. Mm -hmm. Incredible woman. I love your mom. No doubt about that. No (laughs) doubt about that. Fast five for you. You ready? Best Mother's Day gift you have given your mom? I made some cute little project, I think, when I was in second grade. I believe she still has, so that can tell you how much she likes that. Do you remember what it looked like? Some typical second grader <laughs> project, but I, I put time into it, so I think she really liked that about it. If my mom ever had a day off, she would? She would be probably at a resort somewhere sitting on the beach with uh, with maybe a drink in her hand, just <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> there you go. A beach in Florida. All right. My mom should probably throw away. Her and my sister are into almond milk. <laughs> kind of this, I don't know, maybe healthy trend, but I, I like to stick to 2%. So probably the almond milk. <laughs> this is the best answer. <laughs> what makes your mom laugh the hardest? Probably my dad coming into the house or doing something funny and then she's real into the housewives real housewives show mm-hmm. that's always on tv and i don't spend much time in there when that's on but i hear her laughing when she's watching that <laughs> <laughs> my mom always says my mom always says that she knows best and 
there's nothing you can get by her or get around her or talk your way out of because she she knows what's going on and she knows the truth is that true <laughs> it is she uh true. yeah she uh she knows exactly what's going on all the time <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Riley, for sharing your stories and insight. This has been so much fun and very helpful to us coaches' wives. Thank you for having me on. I enjoyed it. All right. We say happy Mother's Day to Joni Kring. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. I'm joined by Lanny Fritz, daughter of Willie Fritz, head football coach for Tulane University. We are doing our Mother's Day special, Lanny, and I'm sure you have many attributes of Susan Fritz that you admire. Um, but if you could just narrow it down, what do you admire the most about your mom? Oh, it's so tough to narrow it down, like you said, but my mom, number one, I would say her strength. She is one of the strongest people I know in the entire world. I would say her patience. She's so patient. I have no idea how she deals with all of us and all the things she deals with on a daily basis, everything she's dealt with throughout the years with moving and you know, everything, her patience for sure. And then I would honestly say her kindness. She is one of the kindest people. Everyone says it to me. It's not just me being biased. People constantly tell me on a daily basis, your mom is literally an angel. She's so kind to everyone she meets. She makes everyone feel included, which is really important, as you know, as a coach's wife, to just kind of make everyone feel on board, especially being a head coach's wife. And she's she's so kind, and I really admire that about her. I want you to fill in the blank for me. I accomplished blank because of my mom. Everything. <laughs> I know that sounds that's kind of an obvious answer, but I accomplished everything because of my mom. I would not be where I am today. I wouldn't be the person I am. And I wouldn't have had the platform to get where I am without her, you know, putting in the blood, sweat and tears behind the scenes my entire life to raise me and to to just kind of give me the opportunities that I had. Let's talk about where you are right now. Sports reporter and anchor in Houston. What's your official title? My official title is multimedia journalist. And that means that I kind of do it all. I use the camera. I shoot highlights. I shoot my own stand-up sometimes. I've even shot my own live shots. Um, But I also do reporting and I anchor on the weekends uh, the sports segments at KPRC in Houston. What teams do you cover? All the pro teams in Houston, Texans, Astros, Rockets, Dynamo, the colleges, Rice, U of H, HBU. There's many colleges in Houston. And then also every high school as well. Our station is actually probably the number one station that covers high school football. We do a big Friday night football frenzy um, on our station. So literally everything under the sun in Houston, we cover it sports-wise. Do you think growing up as a coach's kid helped prepare you for this moment? Oh, 100%. I mean, without a doubt. I think, first of all, just work ethic. It kind of taught me that with my dad seeing all the hours he put in and constantly being at the office, the traveling, which I do. I travel with a lot of the teams here to cover them. And um, then, you know, even with my mom, just seeing the the dedication she had to and the commitment to kind of see something through. And, and also the the openness to move, you know, the willingness to, to say, I want to reach this goal. I want to take that next step in my career. And I'm going to move somewhere that might not be ideal. You know, my first job, I moved to Charleston, South Carolina, beautiful city, great people, but that wasn't, I love Texas. I wanted to be in Texas, but I knew, Hey, I'm going to have to 
move to Charleston. This is how I'm going to start my career. This is how I'm going to get in the door. And um, just things like that. I don't think I've had a lot of friends that were in TV that weren't necessarily willing to do those things. And then they didn't end up staying in TV. And that's fine. That was that was their road and their decision. That's totally fine. But I think had my background not been what it was with coaching and seeing my parents do that, move all over the country for different jobs and opportunities and seeing how well it really worked out for them, I was definitely open-minded to that. You mentioned you were a Texan. I'm guessing you were born there and moved around quite a bit. Tell me about some of the universities and cities you grew up in. I think I'm one of the few coaches' kids who got to go to school in the same place. So I was born actually in Huntsville, Texas, where my dad was an assistant at the time at Sam Houston State. Then he got his first head coaching job in Brenham, Texas for Blinn Junior College. Lived there until I was about four or five. Moved to Warrensburg, Missouri, where University of Central Missouri is, stayed there all the way through I graduated high school. And I was actually planning to attend Mizzou after that. But then my dad got the head coaching job at Sam Houston State back in Huntsville, where I was born. So it's really crazy how it came full circle where I was born there when he was an assistant. And then fast forward 18 years later, and I end up going to college there because he, he was like, come with us to Texas, it would be really fun. I was like, all right, I'm down. So um, I ended up going to Sam Houston for four years. He was a head coach there for four years, all four years that I went there. That's awesome. And then, yeah, it was, it was really insane. So, so I really got to, that really helped me with my broadcasting career because I would just grab a camera from the mass communications department, check out a camera, go down and interview him at practices and put together weekly previews before each game and he would even shoot my stand-ups afterwards. I always tell people, um, not many head coaches have to shoot people's stand-ups, but he would do that for me. <laughs> and it. Yeah, so I would interview him and a couple players, and then he'd stay after practice, after everyone would go up and start getting treatment and start meetings. He quickly just filmed my stand-up, and then I'd uh, piece together something for the school's website. So that really helped me. It was, it was really – and it was an experience that I'll always cherish, getting to spend that time with him. And so then from there, that was when I got my first job in Charleston, and he ended up moving to coach at Georgia Southern in Statesboro, Georgia. And so those two were close by, only two and a half hours. So that was awesome. I always got to, you know, drive back and forth and see my family. And that's the same way it is now that he's at Tulane in New Orleans. It's, you know, pretty close to Houston, about five and a half hours. So I go back and forth there all the time. So it's really been a blessing. Big time. That's awesome. What's yeah. the biggest adversity that you faced growing up as a coach's kid? And how did your mom take that obstacle and help you make it into something that made you stronger? Two obstacles. One, the obvious of just your parent not always being able to be around as the dad. And I honestly never felt lacking in that way at all. I always tell people because everyone's always like, oh, it must have been so hard. Your dad wasn't around very much. And and it's true, but I never once grew up thinking, oh, man, I wish my dad was around more. Like, I never did because he was such an amazing dad. He was there as much as he could be. And I just kind of knew he has an important job. He's got to be gone. And I always just kind of knew that. It was weird. I never felt like I was missing out in any way. And then when he could come to my things, it was just even more special. And my mom did such an amazing job holding it down at the house. And just, I mean, it's the toughest task you have to take on because she had to discipline us. So I think that that's <laughs> one of the toughest things. Sometimes the parent that you spend the most time with is the one where it's, you know, with, with my dad, he would come home from work and we're just like, 
oh, dad, and, you know, happy to see him because he didn't have to be dealing with our crazy selves all day long. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? And so I admire her so much for that. And so I think another thing that she taught me was just to be grateful for the time you get to spend with family. She's such a family-oriented person, and I definitely learned that from her, and I'm still that way because of her. Like, every single chance I get, of off time, I'm driving to New Orleans to spend with my family. And that's because of the culture that she created at her house. You know, my dad, he's creating a culture at his football program with his coaches and his players. And my mom's creating the culture and the dynamic with our family. And I think that I can never, never repay her for that. What are some ways you've seen your mom play a big role in the success of your dad's career? I mean, I think he would say himself that he would not be where he is without her. And a big part of that is her independence. She doesn't need need him to be around all the time. She's so independent on her own. She runs everything at our house. She always has. And she's just the backbone of our, our family. I think he would say that. I think it's the obvious choice to think that, you know, the dad who's the coach is the leader of the family. And they are in many, many ways. But, you know, because they're the coach and they've got that personality, oh, they're the leader. And that's true. But I think when you really look behind the scenes, as I've gotten older, and you really realize it's really the coach's lives that make everything run. And they're really the ones that are the glue in that family and that are are really leading all the decisions behind the scenes. And I think, you know, she's always there to go to events with him. And she's just so good at making, you know, those relationships. Like she's really puts a big emphasis on making relationships with all the other coaches' wives, you know, from the the people at the school to the boosters. She's just so amazing with building friendships and bonds that last a lifetime. Even when you move schools, you still have those bonds with people. And I know my dad really appreciates that about her. And I think the other biggest role she's played in his career is sacrifice. Because as everyone knows, if you're a coach, you need to move a lot. You need to take opportunities. And there is going to be, you know, tough times where maybe you also have to just start from scratch and find another opportunity when, when something fell through. And you cannot do that without your spouse being supportive and being there by your side. And I think there's, you know, been coaches where maybe their spouse hasn't wanted to move oh I don't want to move to that city or and you have to be willing to lay it all down for that lifestyle and my mom is the definition of that I mean she's never I've never heard her complain ever Mm -hmm. and she grew up a midwest a midwestern girl in Kansas so did my dad and she is like I said before so very family oriented her mom her sister lives there and if it were up to her, she probably could have stayed right there in the Midwest with her family her whole life. But I think she was honestly just meant for this role because she is so strong and independent. And she's always been so open-minded and just trusted the process. And a lot of that has to do with her faith in God, but just trusted the process of anything my dad said, the, the new job he got, he would say, all right, how about New Orleans? And you know, New Orleans is completely different world than the Midwest. Right, right. <laughs> but she, but she's so just open-minded and willing to, hey, you know what? That sounds fun. And she makes the best out of every opportunity. And wherever she moves with him, they end up making it home and they end up absolutely loving it there. 
And I think that, you know, she'll tell you firsthand that she wouldn't trade this life of moving around and meeting all kinds of different people living in different states because you just learn and you grow so much and you get to experience so much more. I think a lot of coaches' wives, I'm sure you made them cry a few times there. It's hard (laughs) when you're in the trenches. There's a lot of wives right now that listen to my podcast, they're in the trenches. You know, maybe they're far from home. They don't have the support Mm -hmm. system like a lot of their siblings do raising their families. If you could think about, if you could give some advice uh, for mothers out there trying to figure out what to focus on when it feels like they're kind of raising kids on their own. They're in a strange city. They don't have their family around Mm -hmm. and they kind of feel like a lot of what they do is in front of other people. They live in a glass house. What few things stood out to you above all the rest? What would you focus on? What advice would you give? First and foremost, if you're strong in your faith and that is always the biggest thing I think to lean on because this, this lifestyle is really hard. And especially you said, you mentioned the living in a glass house and you do have outside voices, criticism, from people, you know, maybe the, the team's not doing well at the time and you're, you're seeing that, especially on this age now of social media online, you're seeing the tweets, you're seeing the posts about the doubt, but you have to trust the process and, you know, trust your faith. And then beyond that, you need to have a support system that you can depend on because you can't do it alone. It's impossible. I know my mom always tells me about when she lived in Huntsville and then Brenham, right when me and my brother were born, we're, we're 16 months apart. And she had just moved away from home all the way in Texas. Her family's in Kansas. And she's basically raising two infants on her own. And my dad's out recruiting, you know, constantly gone and traveling. And it, she always goes back to that being one of the hardest times in her life. But I think if you have that support system, then you can do it. And the best support system is the other coaches, on, wives on the staff, because no one understands what you're going through like the other coaches wives on the staff and I think sometimes you know it can be hard because people are coming and leaving a new coach another coach left and and but you have to make that effort and that's what I admire so much about my mom she always makes that effort to include everyone and and check on everyone because you're all going through it together and if you can if anyone can step up in any way like oh I'm off work today I can pick up your kids from school little things like that just go so far and you can just vent to each other, lean on each other, because, you know, the outside voices can be talking about saying the negative things, as they do at times, um, about the program, and, and the positive times, and you go through those positive times together, obviously, but it's really in those negative times where you need each other, and, and you guys know the work that your husbands are putting in, and you guys know what that goal is, and you got to stick together, because if you have each other's backs, then it makes it so much easier. Absolutely. Fast five questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. Yes. Best Mother's Day gift you have ever given your mom? I believe that, I think this was for Mother's Day. It was either for Mother's Day or her birthday, but I made her a book of a hundred reasons why I love her. I think that one made her cry. (laughs) That would be good. Yes. If my mom ever had a day off, she would? Probably spend it walking their dog, Jack's out and outside she loves nature and she loves just being active and reading I think she would also sit down outside she's always outside she likes to like eat breakfast outside she likes to read outside and um yeah I think she would kind of read and just enjoy nature and just be peaceful she loves that my mom should probably throw away 
Oh, man. Honestly, my mom, she's pretty good about not about not keeping things too long since we you moved so much. We moved, you know, states and cities and everything. So she's pretty good about, uh, you know, getting rid of things she needs to. The only thing I would say is she, she hangs on to all of our art projects and our are things we've done throughout the year in school, but I know she would never want to throw those away. So I, I would never tell her to throw those away, but that's about the only thing she really hangs on to and moves from city to city. So she's pretty good about that. What makes your mom <laughs> laugh the hardest? When we're all just together as a family and we're telling stories from the past, like funny, crazy stories. And sometimes she'll get in, we call him, we call it like her laughing fits and she'll just get to laughing where she literally can't stop like <laughs> for like five minutes. <laughs> um, so I, I think when we're all just together telling stories, my mom always says, I think it would be something like, be careful, <laughs> drive safe, text me when you make it, because I'm always going back and forth between New Orleans. And there's a lot of those kind of things that she tells me, because she's always just looking out for my safety and worrying about all of us with her kids everywhere, traveling and driving on the highways. And so I would, I would say probably be careful might be the most used phrase she tells me. <laughs> Yes, because her heart is living outside of her body right now with her yes. children. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you, Lenny, so much for sharing your stories and insight. It's been a ton of fun. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me on. And hello to all those coaches wives out there. And thank you guys for listening. And I hope all your teams have so much success this season. That's right. And happy Mother's Day to Susan Fritz. Yes, happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I love you. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Life podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.